Welcome in, everybody. 5280 Sports Network, 5280sportsnetwork.com. It's time for the Broncos Blitz for a blistering cold Wednesday afternoon. It's our Get to Know a Bronco episode here on the Broncos Blitz. We'll talk with defensive lineman Jared Crick here in just a moment. He is our Get to Know a Bronco for this week. I am Denver Bronco beat writer Jake Marsing. Even though I haven't done much writing in the last two weeks, I readily admit that. Dealing with a headache today, too, so I won't get anything up today. I hope to get my fingers working again next week. That That's my goal. That's my plan. Just to get my fingers working next week. I love writing. It's a challenge. It's just been uh, been crazy. I'm adjusting to a new schedule, working things out. Another guy adjusting to a new schedule, Ryan Green. He is still working his tail off with CBS4. Is not here today once again. We hopefully will get Ryan at some point this week. Just you and I today, though, and that is... That's perfectly all right with me. So snuggle up by the fireplace. Let's go inside the Denver Bronco training facility where I have been all afternoon. The Broncos, Gary Kubiak, Trevor Simeon spoke, Virgil Green spoke. More on that here in just a moment. The big story out here today at Dove Valley, the signing of Justin Forsett, what it means for this team. We heard a little bit from Justin. We heard from Coach Kubiak. Obviously, the signing that we talked about it on on Monday, the news to pick up for Set and what it means for this team. I think it's a great signing for them. I think it really is going to be beneficial for them, especially considering the depth issue they have. The one thing we did not touch on was what the corresponding move would be. The corresponding move to put Capri Bibbs on the injured reserve with a uh, a pretty banged up high ankle sprain. I did not, and the more I thought about it, I initially I didn't think that Justin Forsett was going to get a lot of work. At least initially, I have changed my opinion on that. Based on today, I expect Justin Forsett to get a ton of work for this Denver Bronco football team this Sunday. I expect him to split carries with Devontae Booker in a very similar way to how Capri Bibbs had begun splitting carries, maybe even a bit more. Gary Kubiak just absolutely thrilled that Forsett was available, a guy who he worked with in Baltimore, a guy who he's had the opportunity to work with quite a bit and who he really was happy that he was able to get him in the building today and just say, hey, you remember this play? Go run it. It's the same system, same verbiage, Forsett, plug and play. It was as simple as that. Gary Kubiak spoke about it at the podium today. First off, Justin's a real pro. Um, he's been doing this a long time. I don't know how many years it is. I'm going to say it's got to be nine, some, somewhere near. Um you know, I had him in Houston for a period of time, and obviously had him in Baltimore. He's, uh, you know, he's the three-down player. He understands protections. Uh, obviously, he understands exactly what we're doing. So it's nice to walk on the field today, and really didn't have a new player in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Other than a new face, so I think he can help us really quick. I think uh, Booker can learn a great deal from him, and uh, you know, we need somebody to step in and contribute. You know, so. Uh, I think it gave us the best chance and uh, just very fortunate to have him. At this point in the season when you were looking at guys starting and how important was it to bring in somebody that you were familiar with and that was familiar with I would you? say it was a blessing that he got let go the week before we, what we just went through, you know, I mean, with uh, Capri and stuff. So, uh, you know, we just feel very fortunate to get him. You know, normally picking up players is one thing, but picking up guys who can come in and get in your huddle today and run plays and pick up blitzes and do all that, that's un- that usually doesn't happen. So, you know, it's a good thing for us. Was it hard to put Capri on, given, and I know you're bound uh, yeah, It was a big conversation, uh, but with the nature of the injury and after they uh, looked at it and everything, uh, the time they thought they were looking at, 
you know, we're kind of in that week-to-week situation right now with our football team. So it just felt like it's something we had to do. And the fact that Justin was out there obviously let us do it too. Do you anticipate him emerging into big roles earlier this week? Uh, I expect him to play this week. You know, how, how big is that? I mean, I don't know. But uh, my expectations are for him to split time with Book just like Capri would have. And, uh, you know, it's not like he's been sitting. He's been playing. You know, so he's been active all year someplace, you know, whether it was Baltimore or Detroit. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping he can help us real quick. Forsett at 31 years old isn't going to be the dynamic running back, the 1,300-yard back we saw in Baltimore a couple of years ago. But he can be a good contributor for this team, and he's healthy. He's got mostly fresh legs. I met with him, talked with him a little bit one-on-one in the locker room today. We may hear some of that at some point this week. Uh, talked with he talked with the media as well. We don't have great audio on that, but generally, what I can I can sum up what he said, and that was, you know, I'm excited to be here. I'm happy to be here. I know the system. I'm ready to work, and he is here to do just that. The Lions, was with earlier this year, was released by Baltimore. This guy's bounced around a little bit this year, and that always kind of perks your ear up when a guy's bounced around a lot in one season. This is probably his last or his second to last year in the NFL, but the Broncos are very excited to have Forsett back. I wouldn't necessarily play him on any of your fantasy teams this week, but he's going to be a nice addition for them, a depth guy who can add veteran leadership to the running back room that really has lacked it with C.J. Anderson out CJ, by the way, is starting to make his way back. Um, He's tweeting a lot. He's actually going to be on Let's Talk Football with Vic Lombardi, which you can see on Altitude uh, TV. I think it airs first tonight. Uh, You'll be able to watch that tonight, and CJ will be on it. I I think I will tune into that to see what CJ has to say about his recovery and where things are at. Uh, generally, though, it was it was kind of a light day out here at the Broncos facility. Uh, they were inside today, as you might expect, considering the blistering cold temperatures and the snowfall that we got overnight. Inside working today, no hats, not even a real practice. They just did walkthroughs. They did three separate walkthroughs, a special teams, a defense, and an offensive walkthrough. Trevor Simeon did throw today. He threw... Uh, He threw today, participated in the walkthrough, seems to be working his way towards starting on Sunday in Tennessee. We'll get a a better idea of exactly what Trevor's situation is, what the quarterback situation is tomorrow. So we'll talk about that on the show then. But really, I think it's, it's good for the Broncos to be able to get that guy back. Paxton Lynch is not a bad player. He's not even close to a bad player. He's a freaky athlete with a cannon for an arm and the and I think he does have the mental aptitude to play quarterback. And I've said it before. I just don't know if he's the kind of guy you can give spot starts to. I think he has to be able to know he's the starter, work it that way. He, he's progressed slowly, but talking with some coaches, some scouts from around the league, I've, I've really come to the conclusion that the offense he ran at Memphis could not be farther apart from the offense he's running here with the Broncos. It's basically asking him to go from having no playbook to having a, a thick playbook. Um, it is a massive leap that Paxton is having to make, and we knew that when he was coming out. We knew that the systems really weren't going to be compatible, and he would have a a massive learning curve, and we've seen that from Lynch. So if he does start, I think the Broncos will be okay with that because they understand that he's improving, growing, uh, progressing, albeit a little bit slower than I think they would have 
uh, liked. But he, I, I, after this week, I've I've gone back and forth asking myself whether or not Trevor Simeon's a quarterback of the future for this team. I don't I don't know. I think we that's still to be determined. Um, I've I haven't seen Trevor really flash this season. A couple exceptions to that rule. I think the last game he played. Uh, against uh, the last the last win he had, not the well the Kansas City game he played an excellent ball game in, but he's he's flashed at times this season, and you want to see more of that consistently. But I think if Trevor if Trevor can work his way back, he's obviously the guy that you go to. But let's slow our roll with uh, the things I'm seeing on Twitter about Paxton Lynch being a a bust for the Broncos. That's that's just. You cannot make that determination yet. And I think I played the sound on Monday about Gary Kubiak talking about, oh my God, this kid's going to have a great career in front of him. And and that's just the case. He is going to be a really good player for uh, the Broncos, I, I, I believe. I believe he will be a great quarterback for the Denver Broncos at some point in the near future. Just a matter of giving him that opportunity, letting him work in the system. Training camp next year is going to be the definitive moment. So... We'll find out. Uh, I expect them to continue down the quarterback path kind of the way they have this season, and we'll see where it winds up. My, I tweeted something out on Sunday night that got a little bit of pushback. My message to Broncos fans this year has more or less been to kind of lower your expectations, and that's not to say that you shouldn't expect the best from your team. You should, but at the quarterback position, you shouldn't expect, you know, you should not expect to be anything more than this offense is. You shouldn't, because the Broncos don't. The Broncos do not expect, that's the way they built this team. Every roster move they made in the offseason said that they do not expect this this offense to be great. So you shouldn't expect this offense to be great. You should expect this defense to be great. You should expect this defense to be number one in the NFL and everything. Right now they're not. Right now they're 14th in the NFL in pass defense. Excuse me, in rush defense. They're number one in pass defense. They're insanely good in pass defense. They're number 14 in the league in rush defense. That, for me, is the biggest problem this team has. Because they have not been able to be the defense that we saw at the end of the season last year and in the postseason. And that's, I think, what this coaching staff in this front office was counting on. Now, we'll see in the last month of the year exactly how those numbers shape out. And they've got a real tough test in terms of a team capable of running the football this Sunday with the uh, with uh, Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans, who will just run a ball, run uh, run the ball down your throat. And that's why it's not a good matchup in a lot of ways for the Broncos. But we'll talk more about that game on Friday. The one guy, by the way, who's really had to step up and make a name for himself in rush defense this season, and help contribute for the Broncos on that side of the ball is Jared Crick, and Jared Crick is our guest on Get to Know a Bronco this week. Jared Crick, a very talented guy, 27 years old, born in Albuquerque, New Mexico, but he grew up in Cozad, Nebraska. Talked a little bit about that on the show, plus some other things. A fourth-round draft pick of the Houston Texans back in 2012. Gary Kubiak and Wade Phillips drafted him. That's a big reason he wound up coming to Denver when he hit free agency this year. Uh, he is. Uh, he's had a really nice year with the Broncos. He's been able to. I, I was skeptical of the signing when it happened, but he's been. Uh, he's been okay for Denver. Signed a two-year deal with them in the off-season. Uh, Second-team All-American in 2010. First-team All-Big 12 in 2009 and 2010. Career stats for Jared: 
184 career tackles, seven and a half career QB sacks, uh, 18 career passes deflected. Jared Crick, very kind of him to give us some time today on the Broncos Blitz. Let's go inside the Broncos locker room right now. Uh, join me and uh, Jared Crick. Number 93 in your program, but he's number one in your heart. Jared Crick. Jared, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, hey, Jared, so your first year here in, in Denver, coming from Houston, working with uh, Gary Kubiak in that system there, then you come here. Was the fact that you were able to work with Coach Kubiak, Coach Phillips in that system, a big determining factor in what made you come to Denver? Yeah, it was probably the, the biggest uh, determining factor. I knew after Kubiak had left Houston, I knew when I was done in Houston I wanted to go wherever he was going to be. Because I enjoyed playing, you know, I enjoyed playing for him so much in Houston. So when he got the job up here, it's kind of a, a perfect fit, especially when you know Coach Wade, Coach Carr, the defensive line coach came up, and I'm you know closer to my hometown. I'm only you know four and a half hours away from my hometown, uh, so more fans, you know, from Nebraska would be able to catch my games and stuff. So it was really there's no you know bad thing that could come out of me coming here. So that's why I did. Where are you from originally? For those who don't know, a uh, small town called Cozad, Nebraska. Been to Cozad, driven through Cozad. Yeah, it's right off the interstate. So yeah. pretty much everybody has if you're driving through Nebraska. Yeah. So you come here to Denver. You've been with Gary Kubiak a long time. I've always wanted to ask you, what do you have like a, a Gary Kubiak story, or a moment that you've that you've shared with him? Like that 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 describes that guy. I mean, he's just the epitome of players coach I mean you're not going to catch you know Coop slipping there's no you know real funny stories where you've done something crazy he, you know he keeps his demeanor uh, very well but you know just how you can come up and you know you can talk to him about anything if you're having kind of a one of those days where you just need someone to talk to he'd be the first guy to come up and uh, lend his ear he's just that kind of guy so uh, you know having that in Houston and now having that up here um, he's the same Coops as you know what I remember and and it's awesome uh, that's why a lot of guys you know come to Denver and come play for him because they you know even if they haven't had him before, uh, they know he's a you know a player's coach. What about Wade, Coach Phillips? That guy always has some. Uh, I'll tell you from our perspective, when he gets up on the podium every week, he'll come in with an anecdote or a story or something interesting that he wants us to hear. Does he ever do anything like that with you guys? Oh yeah, Wade's got stories for days. I mean, uh, you know, and he's he's a funny guy. He's got a great sense of humor. So yeah, he'll always come in, have a joke uh, ready to go. And, you know, he knows the appropriate times to say it. And, you know, when we need to work, obviously he's, you know, serious Wade. But, you know, when times are good and, you know, we need a light moment, you know, Wade's always there to step up and make guys laugh. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's enjoyable having Wade. And, you know, he's one of the best, if not the best, uh, defensive coordinator in the history of the NFL. So uh, playing for him again, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. Going back all the way to training camp, your D-line unit has had a number of guys go down. Vance has has gone down. Derek's gone down at times. You've been the guy who's kind of been a steady force a, a lot of the way. What's it been like for you this season, stepping up into those roles, maybe getting more time on the field than maybe even you expected when you signed here? I mean, I knew coming in I'd be fighting for the starting job, and, you know, it's very unfortunate what happened to Vance. Obviously, you don't want to win a job that way. Um, but... You know, that's, it is what it is, and, you know, guys go down, it's just football, and we're playing defensive line, so obviously guys are going to get hurt, and, you know, guys are going to have to step up in their place, so, you know, not just myself, but everybody across the board has been doing a good job of that, um, so it's, it's, you know, it's a tough game, but, you know, we got the guys, we got the talent, we got the depth, uh, you know, when guys go down, we have someone who can come in and fill in the place, so that's kind of one of the special things about this defense. All right, Jared, every week on Get to Know Bronco, I ask a few questions that are a little bit different, a little bit off the wall. Some guys have answers for them, some guys don't. We'll see. We'll start with this one. What is your favorite word? 
what's up? No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, favorite word? No, I don't know. So if you don't have a favorite word, you probably don't have a least favorite word. Uh, you know, moist kind of. Moist is a disgusting word, isn't it? It's you know, it kind of gives a bad you know picture in your mind. <laughs> I mean, especially you know around here when you're in an athletic setting, you know if things are you know a little bit you know a little bit wet, you know they tend to get mold and tend to get infections. So moist has always been something that kind of freaks us out. <laughs> moist is a ma- moist is a bad word, man. All right, what do you think is uh, the best part of your game? Um, yeah, I try to hustle to the ball every play. I try to run. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to have pretty good enough speed to, to, you know, try to chase some guys down. So, you know, I'm not overly strong. I'm not overly big. So the biggest thing I really got going for me is, you know, I got to play as hard as I can every snap. What's one part of your game you want to work on? Um, you know, there's always something you want to work on. But definitely as a defensive lineman, you always want to work on pass rush. If you can get sacks and stuff like that, that's what people know you for. So if I could get better at that, that'd be awesome. Some guys love to hear the roar of the crowd. Some guys love to hear pads popping at the start of training camp. What sound do you love hearing? My teammates. <laughs> I love hearing the jokes, especially during camp. You know, camp sucks. You know, it's a tough time of year. You know, you're just grinding constantly. So, you know, having somebody, you know, lighten the mood a little bit, that, that's what I love hearing. Khalif Raymond hates sirens. Capri Bibbs hates some other sounds that I can't remember. Other guys hate sounds. Is there a sound you hate hearing? Um people who either act like they can't hear you or just legitimately can't hear you and keep you know saying what yeah or asking what you said when you've already repeated yourself a couple times that's probably the biggest annoying most annoying thing for me if you weren't playing football what would you want to be doing you know i'd i'd want to be playing some other sport uh you know probably baseball Uh, i was pretty decent at baseball and if i wasn't you know so good at football that's probably what i would have um, try to strive for. So I'd either be playing baseball, and if it wasn't sports, I mean, probably something history or political science related, yeah, I guess. That's very cool. That's very cool. I mean, I got, I got my degree in history, so. Did I, you? I did too. Way to go, man. Way right to go. What's your favorite period of history? Uh, period wise, you know, probably, I kind of like, I don't know, man. Like, if it's American history, you know, obviously, there's been some cool things happening in the past 50 years. Obviously, World War II was a good time to, to learn how it changed the world. Um, but, you know, like, Link, Abraham Lincoln in that era, Civil that's War. what I'm kind of getting interested into now, yeah. I'm a big Revolutionary War post uh, beginning of the Cold War guy. So, like, Kennedy, right. Eisenhower, Castro, yeah. that stuff. That's always interesting. All right, if, uh, if the NFL draft process were a Yelp page... Or like a restaurant, actually, and it had a Yelp page. Right. How many stars would you give it? What in terms of did you like the NFL draft process? No, I didn't. I mean, uh, just the whole thing. I mean, it's a lot of it is you know politics related. A lot of it, you know, it's just stuff way out of your control, and that's what I kind of don't like about it. It's something that's you know you have nothing that you can do that you haven't already did that would, you know, better your position in the draft or, you know, slot where you could go to where you wanted to go. Um, so if stuff out of my control, man, I really don't like. So uh, that's, you know, if I had to give it a star, they'd give it a three. All right, I asked you what job you'd want to do. Is there a job you really wouldn't want to do if you were playing football? If I were playing football? If you weren't playing football. Is there a job you would not want to do? Oh, man. If he said he wouldn't want to be a McDonald's worker. For example, I mean, it feels like 
I'd not, I'd not want to not have a job. I'd, you know, any job. Um, you know, because there's a lot of people who really want a job who can't get it nowadays. So uh, I'd, I'd hate to be out of work, honestly. I mean, any job is better than no job. So I really couldn't knock any job, you know, because someone's doing that job and someone may love that job. And if they hear me, you know, sit there and diss I their job, I, and I mean, that puts me in a bad light. So, I mean, I'd rather have a job at all than no job. That's fair. All right, last one for you. Thank you so much for your time, by the way. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, you served me well. All right. Easy enough, Jared. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate yeah, you your time. Appreciate you. Again, we want to thank Jared so much for his time. Uh, he gave some good stuff there. I, I have driven through Cozad, Nebraska quite a few times on trips to Iowa and, and Ohio and some other places. So, Jared, very kind to give us time. He's going to have a big, big, big tough test this Sunday against Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans as they come to town. I think that the Broncos set up okay. I'm, I'm a little I'm a little lower. Everybody I talk to seems like this is going to be a sneaky win for the, for the Titans. I'm not sold on Tennessee, mostly because I'm not sold on uh, on their head coach, Mike Malarkey. But, hey, any given Sunday, anything is possible. I'm going to continue to watch tape, break down some more little bit later tonight. Uh, be sure to listen to Nate and Sean every morning, 7 to 9, on Mile High Sports Radio, FM 94.7. Uh, tune in also, if you if you feel like it, to the Vic Lombardi Show, Altitude Sports Radio, AM 950, 7 to 10 a.m. Coffee Break with Jake, 8.45 a.m. Uh, give a listen to the Snakes Takes podcast, Matt Smith's No Bulls, Just Buffs. Very sad news, by the way, with the passing of Rashawn Salam, one of the great athletes in the history, not just of the CU football program, but in the history of this state. Um, I I know I've talked with some people in the last, you know, even the last few months, going back before yesterday, just knew Rashawn was, was dealing with some demons. And I have had, as I'm sure many people who, who listen, many of you, I'm sure you've probably had uh, suicide impact your life. And I... I lost a, a, a stepmother to, to that at a very young age, and it shaped a lot of the way that I view the world. And I just say that if you or anybody you know uh, needs help, just reach out. Reach out. You can hit me up. Shoot me a text. 303-775-6376. I'll go grab a beer with you. I'm happy to. Uh, you are loved, you are cared about, and you have people who are here for you. So please, please reach out. Uh, reach out to folks. And if you haven't heard from somebody in a while, shoot them a text. Say what's up. How you doing? I think that's the that's the lesson that we shouldn't just take from events like yesterday, but should take from, uh, from every day, if given the opportunity to. So my thoughts certainly are with the CU family, with uh, Dave Platty and and all the, the folks up in Boulder who, who knew Rashawn and uh, who played with him, Cordell Stewart and, and C.J. Uh, Charles Johnson. and All those guys who are grieving right now, I, my, my thoughts are with them. Uh, certainly, certainly a tough time. We will be back here tomorrow uh, at the UC Health Training Center. I will be here. I hope Ryan will be here. I'll text him, see, what, uh, see how things are going for him. Um. But on that note, hug somebody you love, enjoy the snow, get some hot cocoa. I think I'm going to grab some some hot cocoa on the way home. Uh, Cuddle up, enjoy the snow. We'll be back tomorrow. 
do a little bit more news. It'll be more of a normal day out here tomorrow at the UC Health Training Center. Broncos practice in the morning and then have availabilities, hopefully inside again in the afternoon. But we will find out for everybody at the Broncos Blitz. Ryan Green, follow him on Twitter at rgreen5280. I'm at Jake D. Marsing. Uh, follow us on Twitter as well at 5280 Sportsnet. And you've been listening to 5280 Sports Network.